Good morning, church. It is a privilege and a joy to be with you once again. Today, I want to introduce uh, the topic by sharing a true story. In 1794, there was a young 16-year-old girl in Ireland. Her name was Mary Jones. Mary had gone to uh, church and had heard that the Bible was God's Word. And there was a preacher there who preached from Psalm 119, and he talked about the importance of knowing the Word of God. Well, this girl did not have that much money, and she wasn't able to get a Bible. And so she spent six years working to finally earn enough money to buy a Bible. And because she lived in a small town, she ended up having to walk. I get this. She walked 25 miles just to buy this Bible. I mean, she wanted to know it so well. She wanted to read the Word of God desperately that she was willing to make all these sacrifices, work for so many years just to get her Bible. Now, in, in contrast, take a look at our society today. Nowadays, it is so easy to get a copy of the Bible. You can go online where there are many different free copies. If you have a smartphone or a tablet, you can download a free copy of the Bible. You have many options. So many places have Bibles available for sale at a very low price. And there are groups like the Gideon uh, Ministries and other places that actually will give out Bibles without any cost. The Bible is more available now than ever. And it's available in so many different languages. And yet, the sad fact is that the percentage of people that are studying the Bible on a regular basis is declining Every single year. Every single year, less and less people are reading the Bible on a regular basis. And so I think about that. And, and, and it's discouraging because it's so sad to, to, say, uh, to understand that even though the Bible is so available, that so few people are taking advantage of how easy it is to get a copy of the Bible and to read it regularly. My hope today is to talk about the importance of studying the Bible. Because the reality is if you want to grow in your relationship with God, I mean, if you want to know more about Him, if you want to grow as a stronger Christian and to be closer to God, you cannot neglect reading the Bible. In fact, the main point I want to say is that the Bible is the clearest way that God communicates to you. It's the clearest way. And if you read the Bible and obey it, it will transform your life and penetrate your being. But if you ignore it, if you don't read it, you neglect it, the fact is you will not grow in your walk with God.
I want to encourage you today to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 22. It's an amazing true story of what happened in the nation of Israel. And it talks about the importance of the Word of God. And so the first point I want to make today that comes from verse 8 through 10 is that we need to embrace the Word of God. If you want to grow in your relationship with Christ, you need to embrace the Word of God. And while you're turning to that passage, let me give you some background regarding 2 Kings. 2 Kings 22, the king of Israel at this time is a man named Josiah. And he will be known and recorded in history as one of the best kings of Israel. And he took over the nation of Israel at a young age. And the Bible here records what happens when he, uh, an important event, when some of his uh, servants, when some of the people in Israel went and they found the Bible. That's right. Uh, this is what happens when they find the Bible that was lost. Okay, uh, I tell this story, and and I and I've taught uh, Sunday school lessons and sermons about this passage, and I still remember the first time I, I I taught this story to a group of children in elementary school, and they read the story, and they were shocked. Okay, about this story. Why was it so shocking? Let's take a look. 2 Kings 22, verse 8. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Sephon, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan, who read it. Then Shaphan, the secretary, went to the king and reported to him. Your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the workers and the supervisors of the temple. So basically, they had to go to the temple. They had to uh, pay out the money that was in the temple of the Lord. They were doing this project. And then by accident, this is what happens. Then Sephon, the secretary, informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Stephen read from it in the presence of the king. Now, most scholars agree that the, the book that was found was the first five books of the Bible. Okay, the book of the law, the books of the law. And, and the reason why it was found was because for many years it was lost. Okay, and it wasn't just like one copy was lost. All the copies had been lost because no one was reading it. Okay, when they found it, it was like, oh, what's this? And, and they opened it and they read it, they're like, oh, wow, we didn't know these things. And, and so the, the question is, how can the nation of Israel, who for so many years followed the Lord and, and they valued the, the book of the law, the, the writings of Moses here, they cared so much for so many years, how can they turn around and have all the copies lost? Okay, I mean, these are the people of Israel, the people of God, okay? It, it will be the same except Imagine if the United States lost every copy of the Constitution. All right, we can't imagine that happening. 
But this is what happened to the nation of Israel. I mean, they lost these holy books, these important lessons that God gave them a copy about it. I mean, all the priests are supposed to have had copies of it. All the kings of Israel had copies of it. Uh, the families of Israel, you know, the, all the families were supposed to have copies of it so they could turn around and teach it to their kids. But the nation had declined so much that all the copies had been forgotten or put away and no one was reading it. I mean, take a look at uh, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. here, I have this passage. These were the instructions that God gave the people of Israel about the importance of studying and knowing the Word of God. Okay, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. You see, God had told them that they needed to, to know the Word so well that they were to study it, that they were to teach it to their children, that they were constantly um, around the Word of God when they lie down, when they got up, when they're walking on the road. It was something that was supposed to be so integral to their lives. And yet, generations later, here in Second uh, Second Kings, we learn that the nation of Israel had turned away. They had neglected the Word of God. And so the question is, why would they do that? Why did they do that? It was, it was because in their hearts, they no longer felt it was relevant. It wasn't something that they felt was important. It wasn't something that they wanted to do. And, and, and the lesson here is, is very clear. You and I, we can easily fall into this trap of not thinking, about thinking that the Bible is not important. In other words, there's always the temptation to neglect the Word of God. And we need to be careful and we need to remember why it is so important for us to know the Bible. As I said in the beginning of the sermon, I want to say again, if you believe that you can have a strong relationship with Christ without studying the Bible, then you are mistaken. The Bible is the clearest way that God communicates to you. And there's no substitute for studying the Bible. And studying the Bible is not like studying some textbook where it's like homework because the Word of God is living. The Bible is living. Hebrews 4.12 says this in the passage here, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In other words, the Bible is the living Word of God. And with it, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and it penetrates our lives. But if you neglect it, if you don't study it, it's not going to have an impact 
that's going to transform you. You and I, we need to embrace the Word of God. And let me encourage you. I mean, for, for, for those of you that may not think the Bible is relevant, let me name some key parts of the Bible. For example, in Ephesians 5, it talks about how to improve your relationship at home with your family members and your spouse. In Deuteronomy 11, it talks about how to raise your child, how to raise children. In Matthew 6, it talks about how to handle stress. Matthew 18, how to handle conflict. In 1 Corinthians 10, it talks about how to deal with temptation. And if you get discouraged, you can read Matthew 11. And if you're wondering about your purpose in life, you can read about Micah 6, 8. And, and in John 3, it talks about the importance of loving God. I mean, the point is the Bible has application to every single part of your life. The Bible is complete. It is meaningful. It is practical. It is the, the Word of God that is so penetrating that the living Word of God will grow in your hearts if you read it. If you study it, if you appreciate it, the Bible has answers for whatever questions you have in your life. Do not neglect it. Embrace it. Okay. Let's continue to... Um, I wanted to highlight this, this uh, picture I have here. People don't like homework. And, and, and I bring this up because you know, as, a, as a teacher, I know that a lot of times people don't want to do homework. The Bible is not homework. It is not something that, that you do as a chore. It is something that is part of growing your relationship with God. Okay? So embrace it. Read it. Know it. You won't regret knowing the Bible. Okay? Let's go to part two here. Part two, um, verses 11 through 13 it talks about the importance of living the Word of God. Living the Word of God. Let's take a look at verse 11 on the passage here. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. And that at that time was the ultimate sign of grief. Okay, He was so, so upset, sad, you know, shocked that he tore his robes. King Josiah gave these orders to Hekiah the priest and the others. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. You see, Josiah realized that his ancestors and all the other priests and, and leaders of the temple and the leaders of Israel had neglected and disobeyed the word of God. They, they had left and abandoned what God had told them to do. And we had the same temptation to do the same thing. But the reality is that we have a choice. We can choose to study the Bible and obey it, or we can neglect it. And let me highlight one, I think, one key point here. I want you to ask yourself, okay, ask yourself, 
How did this happen? How did they lose the Bible? Was it like everyone one day just all lost it? It wasn't like that, right? There were so many copies of the Bible that the Israelites had that it wasn't just suddenly lost in one day or one year. It was a gradual decline. And that decline happened when less and less people every year read it and pass it on to the next generation. You start out with with many copies and then it gets less and less and less until finally no one's reading it. It was a gradual decline and the gradual decline starts when people don't see the relevance and they don't want to obey it. Because the reality is this. People would read the Bible, the Israelites would read it, and then they would read something that they didn't like, they didn't want to follow, and then they're like, um, I don't want to do what it says. Or, or, or they read it and they felt convicted because they knew that what they did was wrong, and instead of repenting, they decided, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to read it. And that's the human nature. I mean, there are times, I'm sure, in, 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 in our lives... When we know, you know, we read something in the Bible, we know it's true, we know this is something that we should obey, but we don't. And when we make that choice and we disobey it, and then our desire to read the Bible actually diminishes because subconsciously we realize, you know, it's going to tell me what I don't want to read, and so we choose not to read it. And that's what happened to the nation of Israel. They chose to disobey the Word of God in their lifestyle, and when that happens, they don't want to read the Word of God because it convicted them. Josiah was right. He knew that the people had disobeyed God. That's why they didn't read the Bible. And and this is the fact, that if you want to love the Lord and follow Him, if you want to follow the Lord, you need to obey His Word. We need to live a life of obedience. Hear the words of Jesus. In Jesus, John 14, 15, he said, If you love me, you will obey what I command. The reason why God wants us to obey him, and and listen carefully to this, okay? The reason why God wants us to obey him is not because he's some egotistical being that, that likes to give orders. That's not... His character. The reason why God wants us to obey Him is because it is good for us. Jesus wants us to obey Him because when we obey Him, we will be blessed and our lives would benefit. Because God doesn't teach us to hurt us or God doesn't teach us to lead us astray. God teaches us to help us so that we can have fulfillment in our lives. In other words, when we obey the Word of God, we follow His plan for us, and His plan is good. It's only when we disobey the Lord, when we go a different path, that we we end up away from His will. So the passage here is very, it's very important. We need to obey the Lord, not... Um, not because it's it's something that's going to hurt us, but because it's something that benefits us. 
We want to study and know the Word of God. Josiah realized that, and he felt so sorry that he wanted the people to obey. I want to read this passage from James 1. It talks about the importance of, of knowing. The Bible says in James 1.22 here, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. And after he looks at it, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what is heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. You and I, we need to obey the word of God. We need to live it. We need to have it in our lives. And the Bible promises us that it gives us freedom, that it will bless our lives. Studying the Bible doesn't restrict us or, or make us, you know, in any way slaves. In fact, it gives us freedom, the perfect law, and, it, and, and our lives will be blessed by this. We need to obey the Word of God and we need to teach our children the importance of obeying the Lord. Let me give you this one example. Uh, many years ago, I was uh, speaking at a church um, in the East Bay in Northern California. And I was speaking to a group of junior high students. And my friend, Pastor Amelia, was, was inviting me to speak there. And, and on a Wednesday night, I went there to the youth group and I taught a lesson. And, and the amazing thing is, I still remember what that lesson was like. Because as I was giving my talk for the for the first time and only time in my life that's ever happened one of the students actually was throwing things at me in the middle of my message okay there was about 20 junior high kids they were all sitting around and one boy in the front had a bag of M&Ms that he was eating during the talk and he was chucking it at me. Every every like 20 seconds, he would grab an M&M and he would just throw it at me. And I was shocked because I'm looking around and all the other kids were good. And whenever one of the other kids did something wrong or were talking, the, the five youth leaders that were there would stop them. But they would not stop this kid from throwing M&Ms. And so by the end of the talk, I was getting frustrated. And, and, I, and I told this student, this kid to stop many times and he wouldn't listen. So finally, I, I, I caught one of the M&Ms and, and, and I ate it right in front of him. And people started laughing and, and I thought that was kind of the end of it. But at the end of the talk, he still was throwing the M&Ms. And, and I caught one and I finally turned around and maybe I shouldn't have done this, but I threw it back at him and it hit him on the, on the forehead. And, and he was shocked. He looked at me like, how dare you throw this M&M at me? And so after the talk, he comes up to me. He says, I'm going to get you fired. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you, you threw this M&M at me. I'm going to get you fired. I said, uh, first of all, you threw like 50 M&Ms at me and I told you to stop and you didn't. And then when I throw one back at you, you're complaining? 
And this is what he said to me. He said, Mister, my dad is the chair of the board of this church. And I'm going to tell him to fire you. And you're not going to be a pastor at this church anymore. And he grinned at me. And I remember, and I looked at him and I said, um, if you were paying attention, you would have realized that I'm not a pastor at your church. I'm a guest speaker. So your, your dad cannot fire me. Well, he went and got his dad. And his dad kind of came to me and said, I heard your son, you threw an M&M at my son. And I explained to him what happened. And what I thought he would say was, I thought he would say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know my son was throwing M&Ms at you. And he said, well, my son probably had a good reason to throw M&Ms at you. And he turned around and he walked away. And, and, I, and I spoke to Pastor Amelia after, and I said, what's going on here? He goes, and she says, well, the parents are making excuses for the child, and anyone that tries to discipline him is either fired or, or removed from serving in the youth ministry. And she told me that story, and it disappointed me. But it didn't shock me, because I know that many times... People would rather spoil their child than to discipline their child. And I know as a parent that that is not easy to be a parent. And there are times when we spoil our children. But ultimately, we need to teach them to obey the Lord. I don't know what happened to that child. I hope he grew up and learned. And I hope he takes seriously the importance of listening to the Word of God and studying it. But the reality is that you and I, we need to read the Bible, we need to study it, we need to teach others about the importance of obeying the Word of God. Josiah learned that lesson, and he taught the people of Israel to study the Word of God. Let's finish today on the third point. In chapter 23, we read about what Josiah does, what he does. He teaches the people to love the Word of God. Verse 1, chapter 23 of 2 Kings. Then King Josiah called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the men of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. The least to the greatest, meaning he got everybody up there. All right. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, regulations, and decrees with all his heart and all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. He got the people together and he taught them the importance and he renewed the covenant with the Lord. And then the Bible says this, Verse 3 here. That all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. You see, Josiah has set the example. And he taught the people that they needed to follow the word of of the Lord. And Josiah doesn't stop there. The the Bible records that Josiah then orders the people to, to destroy their idols. You see, the people... 
of, of the, these Israelites, they had idols all around the country. And they were popular idols. And, and these were precious to the people. And, and Josiah told them to put them away to destroy them. It wasn't popular, but it was the right thing to do. I mean, it's sad that so many of our politicians nowadays, they care so much about what the people think and, and, and always getting different polls and, and focus groups to find out what is popular. And then they'll only do what is popular. But Josiah here, he, he does something that is unpopular, that is dangerous to his, his leadership, but he does it anyway because he knows this is what the Lord wants to do. And the reality is you and I, we need to make the decision. Are we going to obey the Lord? Are we going to follow Him? Are we going to be, be setting the example to others of what it means to obey the Lord? I hope in your life that you first of all value your relationship with God and that you want your relationship with Him to grow. And then I want you to really understand the importance of studying the Bible because if you want to grow in your relationship with God, you need to read the Bible and you need to obey it. I want to give you an example. In real life, if you want to succeed in a relationship and do well, if you want to improve your relationship with, with some people, it takes time and effort. For example, if, if, if you want to do well in school, you have to put the time in to study. If you want to improve your relationship with your spouse or people in your family members, you need to spend quality, quality time with them. Parents, if you want to improve your relationship with your children, you need to have conversations with them, quality time that you spend with them. If you want to improve your relationships with your friends, if your relationships are going to grow stronger, it takes effort. It takes time. That's especially true as you study the Bible. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, you need to read the Word of God. I want to give you some practical uh, suggestions as we get ready to close. Number one, I want to encourage you every day to set aside time, quality time, that you can read the Bible and do your devotions. That it's a time that you won't be distracted, but it's time that you can read, pray, and reflect upon your relationship with God. Second, I want to encourage you to be a part of a good Bible study or Sunday school. That you take regular time during your week to study the Bible with other Christians so that you and others can encourage and help each other to understand the Word of God. Number three, I encourage you to really pray to the Holy Spirit to open your heart so that when you listen to sermons, when you study the Bible, when you do your devotions, that God will speak to you and that you will understand and apply the Bible to your life. Number four, and I know this is difficult for, for many people, I encourage you to memorize scripture. That you, that you find a plan, that you talk to your pastor, if, if you're not sure what passages that you uh, should memorize, 
Find Bible passages that have really strong meaning. Powerful Bible passages that you can read, memorize, and have it live in your heart. And you can go to it whenever you you feel discouragement, that you feel despair or, or worry. That these words of God that you have in your heart will comfort you. So memorize the Bible. If, if, if you want to start out slow, you don't have to memorize one every day unless, unless you want to and you can. You can memorize one every week or one every two weeks. Start and just continue. And if you get discouraged or if you miss a few days or weeks, that's okay. Just continue. But don't give up. And finally, number five, I want you to really make it a commitment to live out what you read in the Bible that you will live out what God wants you to do. It's one thing to read and know the Bible, but that's just not enough. Live out what the Bible says so that you can grow in your relationship with God. And as we close today, let me say this. The Bible is not a textbook that has been assigned to you to study like it's some chore, Okay. The Bible is God's love letter. The Bible is an extension of God's love to you. He gives it to us so that we can know Him better. And as we know Him better, we can grow in our relationship with Him and our lives will be blessed. It is a gift to you. Do not neglect this gift. And I close today with this final illustration. Tony Campolo um, is a famous Christian author. And, and I remember as I was growing in my walk with God, uh, he would speak in these Christian camps and um, they would really make an impact on me because the Word of God is penetrating. And I remember one illustration that, that Tony gave that I thought was wonderful. Tony said that when he was growing up, his mother gave him a book and said, you must read it. It was a book called The Silver Trumpet by James Ingalls. And Tony, you know, listened to his mom. He read, he read the book. But he didn't really like it. He didn't really understand it. So he put the book away. Well, believe it or not, later, years later at Eastern, um, Tony Campolo goes to school and one of his professors in college is James Ingalls. And this is what Tony says. He says, after he got to know the professor, after he got to know this amazing man, he went back and he reread the silver trumpet. And as he read the silver trumpet for the second time, it became so much more clear and he understood it. And it meant so much more to him because he knew the author. And the book was able to speak to him even more. You and I, as we read the Bible, we don't read it as a textbook. We don't read it because it's, we think it's homework or it's a chore. We read it because we know the author. We know the author, this is the Lord. And he gives us this, this extension of his love as a gift. This living word of God. And as we read it, we grow in our relationship with Him and our faith deepens 
because we know the author. Let's bow our heads as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you provided this Word of God, this living Word of God that really penetrates our hearts. And we pray that in our lives that you will help the Word of God to really take part in our lives so that we can obey it, so that we can follow it, so we can love it. Father, help the Bible to penetrate our lives so that we will really be impacted by it. And Father, we pray that you help us to set aside time to study the Bible. Help us to set aside time when we can study the Bible and really have it speak to our hearts and give us the strength and the encouragement and the will to do this. Help us to grow in our relationship with you. And Father, I pray that for anyone who's listening to this prayer, anyone that may be struggling with their walk, anyone that may be struggling in temptation or struggling with their relationships, Father, help us to grow. Help us to lean upon you. And Father, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ and the sacrifice upon the cross. And how only because of Jesus we can have salvation, that we can have atonement for our sins. And only because of Jesus Christ can we have forgiveness for our sins. And so, Father, help us to know that it is through the Bible that we learn these things about Jesus. It is through the Bible that we learn how to fellowship with you. It is through the Bible that we learn how to grow in our faith. Help us to embrace this living Word of God. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen.